Cannabis Life Radio. Hi there, welcome to Cannabis Life Radio. Um, my name is Cheryl Murray Powell. I am a host of Cannabis Life Radio. My co-host is here in the building, the one and only Arby Barroso. Good day, good day, Say good day. Say hi to the people, Arby. Good day. We have a special guest in the building. We have Danny Stern. Danny Stern is an activist. He represents uh, the patient community, and we're, we're going to dig in and, and learn more about um, his story and, and what's going on. So, um, thank you for joining us. Uh, the first thing I'm going to talk about is I've been on the road, so well, I've been traveling. What's new? I mean, you're always on the road. I mean, there's nothing new about thank that. Thank you, Green Roads. <laughs> frequent flyer miles. I just got my frequent flyer miles I bet miles you together. did. You should have had them like six months ago. I know. I had uh, my, my wonderful, wonderful assistant, Tony. Uh, she like went through all my back emails of flights, and then she like negotiated and elbowed all these airlines to get me frequent flyer miles. So now I have numbers for every airline. I'm super amped about that. Anyways, uh, last week, I, uh, we, we didn't have the show because we had Super Candidate, but before that, I was, on, um, I was at the Women Grow Conference. So How did that go? It was fantastic. It was my first Women Grow conference. It was the Leadership Summit. A lot of discussions and talks. Um, so they, you know, they would have. It was like a TED Talk environment. So different, uh, mostly women, but there were some men represented. Marvin Washington was there. Um, we've would, we've we've actually spoken about him twice this week. Where's oh. Trey at? Wherever Trey's at, we've had uh we've had that conversation come up twice. Marvin, if you're listening, you know we're gonna be meeting real soon. You know that. So. Absolutely. Well, he was at the um, Minorities for Medical Marijuana had a an event there, and he came out. He and Roz are real cool, so yeah, um, They have a good relationship, and he's oh, he always comes out to support. Saw him in D.C. Yeah. Um. So we definitely want to support him. He is one of the plaintiffs on the lawsuit, the federal lawsuit against Jeff Sessions. Yep. Um, um, so, I know all uh, about that. I mean, I, we yeah. know that uh, Jose Belen. We'll talk, let's talk about that, and I'll talk about Women Grow. In a all right, bit. perfect. No, yeah. no, let's, let's finish Women Grow. I mean, what do you sure. mean? Absolutely. Oh, my, okay, we'll move on to the lawsuit later. So, um, the, but yes, Marvin Washington was there. Minorities for Medical Marijuana had one of their DICE events, which is diver Diversity and Cannabis Experience. So we kind of hit up different cities and have, like, a networking with appetizers, and it was so well attended. Everyone was like, M4MM was lit. Uh, so congratulations. Congratulations to the team for that. Um, um, other, other than that, at Women Grow, there were a lot of great sessions. There was one that I actually live-streamed, of course. Well. Cannabis and sexuality. <laughs> oh. It was such a hot topic. Okay. And, um, it literally was cool. a hot topic. It was a hot. It's sizzle, literally sizzle. a hot topic. S it was a hot topic. <laughs> a hot Everybody topic. was watching. When I posted it on the live stream, I was watching who was watching. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah you like, get okay. down like that? All right. Okay. All, all the people who I didn't think was really into either cannabis or sexuality kind of popped up on my timeline. Those so are the that closet. Was, that, you got, they you they got were in the, the can closet. of closet people, which we got to get them out of the can of closet. Yes. And then you got, you know, your, your sexual can, you yes. know, closet people. The, the can of sexual. They're, they're, they're normal, but they're freaks. Wait, wait, as soon as as soon as as soon as the door closes, is. So. and uh, you know, I got another business idea, so we got to talk oh, about boy, that. Oh boy, here we go! But it was uh, I learned so much, and they had like the people who put on that particular segment. They have a line of like 
um, you know, lubricants, and they have a line of um, condoms that are all water soluble with cannabis. So it's really interesting where the industry is going. That, that's that's um, incredible. But I guess that was one of my highlights. But uh, yeah, it was a great event, well attended, women supporting women, a lot of talking about branding and your value and things like that. Um, I was fortunate enough to be invited to um, the founder of Women Grow, Jane West's home. She had a little get-together the same night I was leaving because I had a midnight flight. I did the red-eye, and uh, she was very warm. Um, you know, she is um, stepping down as the leadership of Women Grow, and Shonda Masias is stepping up as as leader. She, We've had her on the show. She is a physician and also um, a dispensary owner in D.C. Nice. Uh, she has the highest volume um, dispensary in the D.C. Area and uh, now she's going to be leading the women girls. So I'm looking forward to seeing. That, that's um, pretty cool. I, I mean, that. we've always said I think women are in this industry are extremely powerful. Yes. Um, I think uh, they're going to be the leaders in this industry in many different ways. Uh, uh, in in business and in, uh, in organization, uh, we all know that men are very disorganized and women are organized. And this is a business that needs organization. Um, for us to move forward, everything needs to be, you know, set. We could go and continue to do the best things that we're doing. Um, and and I think uh, women's grow. I mean, they've been they've been hustling at this for a while Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Uh, so a really big shout out to the women's grow for being able to uh, continue to move this forward. Um, as like you're there, I was a candidate. Yeah, so let's um, and then and Canada was. I mean, I ran in, ran out, had to go to an opiate epidemic uh, uh, town hall uh, at four at uh, at two o'clock. It was till four. I left a little bit late from uh, Canada, but it was kind of it was beautiful to see. Um, I know that Pete Sessa is now in charge uh, of of running that and putting that together. He did, a great he, job. He did an absolutely great job. It was uh, there was a lot of people there, uh, a lot of new people there mm -hmm. um that really are looking to get into the into the business and uh we were just trying to advise uh when they would come to our booth or they'd come and talk to the guys from cannabis life because they were pretty much uh broadcasting the show or doing the highlights in the show and you know really interviewing people mm -hmm. and they did an amazing job uh, of doing so so it's it's really cool um we had a, a couple politicians walk in i know one that was definitely probably not your favorite uh, <laughs> uh one some, that went so, from some uh, certain republican yeah, Robert well he governor. was a democrat at first he was a democrat first then he went to Show republican so 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 i know that you uh you kind of held back on 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 picture day let's just yeah, say that take a picture with him yeah Negative. Take, uh, not so happening. No. but but it's listen it's 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 the way it, for me, at this point in time, it's it's the uh, people that stand for the people. Right. At this point, it's like it's not liberal, it's not a Democrat, it's not Republican. Uh, it's the people that really stand behind uh, the cannabis for the people. Right. Uh, um, I told many people there that if uh, if we do not have flour, this state would not succeed. Right, and that's just the truth. Without that, so but even so, on the political front, you know, just be cautious of people who are like, yeah, I support hemp. Doesn't mean they support legalization. Be careful with these. Oh, absolutely. These no, I mean one's completely different than the other. We all yeah. know that. Um, we support hemp. Uh, we're a hemp -based, hemp derived CBD, mm -hmm. um, and and, uh, and, and we support a thousand percent. When I spoke to Nikki uh, Freed, I told her we have spent uh, an enormous amount of money, absolutely. probably close to a million dollars. Uh, just supporting cannabis in the state of Florida. That's not CBD. Right. That is cannabis. Yes. We care about the people. Um, bringing that in, um, where do you, where do you stand? Where do you, where do you think this is going 
right now in Florida um, with, uh, you know, patient access. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the way patients uh, are able to deliver their type of medication. Um, you're in the front lines right now and salute you. You're actually an, you're an attorney. Um, graduated attorney, and you're practicing. What what type of law are you going to practice? First of all, so we can tell, you know, share that with the audience, and at the same time, you know, what what's your stance? You think on on where we're at right now with cannabis? Well, um, to my understanding, I think um, instead of viewing it as the world views it as a drug, as the way it has that stigma, I think it's a medicine. Just like any other drug, just, you know, like alcohol, just like uh, Tylenol. It's just uh, not as, people aren't as educated on it as they are on the other other things. So I think that, um, like you mentioned, I I know it's not very easy to get a medical marijuana card in Florida. I think you have to have a very strict condition and it's um, probably very limited and very difficult to have access to that, but I'm sure there's millions of people in Florida that are suffering different kinds of conditions that can be treated with this medicine, and um, I just think, uh, I understand right now the law isn't necessarily on our side, but down the road it will be, and when it is, it's really going to make a difference. I think um, this thing, where we you know, live in this world where drugs are so commonplace, you know, uh, people take painkillers and all these kind of things. Exactly. So, so naturally, why can't this be used just as naturally if it's more effective, if it's more natural, if it's safer, if it has less side effects? And from my research and reading about it, it sounds like it does. And um, I know from just talking with kids in similar conditions than mine that they haven't been able to find a way to alleviate pain or alleviate just um, muscle cramps, muscle spasms, without resorting to using marijuana or CBD. And I know that a lot of people have been doing it on their own, but why should it be that way? It should be where everyone's on board, because if it's really helping people, it should be out there, just like everything else is. And I'm a believer that if, you know, you could have alcohol legalized, why is this so stigmatized when it, seems to me, you know, states like California, Colorado, it's, it's doing great there. It's, Absol- uh, ab- absolutely. It's very successful, I mean, and yeah. it's helping people, I'm sure, in countless ways that these other drugs can help people, but they come with a lot of side effects that That's I know right. from even my personal experience, when I've been in pain and I've been having to use different things, it's the side effects aren't fun, and there's no reason people need to put themselves through that if there's an alternative. And tell us a little bit about your story. So um, you have um, muscular dystrophy and have since birth. It's a genetic, um, a, a chronic genetic condition. Uh, tell us about that experience growing up. I know you, uh, you, you had a hospital stay that kind of changed your life and your perspective. So share with our audience some of that. Yeah, well, um, like uh, Cheryl mentioned, I have mus- muscular dystrophy. I was born with this disease. It's a neuromuscular disease that is genetic, and um, since birth I've had it. When I was younger, I was able to walk. I was able to walk up until about the age of 10. Uh I always remember because 
it was the same year 9-11 happened, and I know it just, it kind of, it was around that same time frame where I lost my ability to walk, and uh, it's not like you just wake up one day and it just happens. It kind of happens and you don't even realize it. But um, I had a wheelchair at the time that I started using little by little, and then it became more and more, and then before you knew it, it was just, I was in it every single day. And um, I know, because I went to MDA camp, that most kids with this condition, by the age of 10, if they're not in a wheelchair, they're a lucky one, because yeah. it's more common than not. And um, I'm a lucky one myself, even being in a wheelchair, because it hasn't really de debilitated me in a way where I can't have a great life. And other kids can't say the same necessarily but um well what a positive outlook i mean that's that's absolutely that's 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 amazing um and and you also uh know some of the some of the guys that actually work with us uh, uh danny perdeck which is the president yeah, and yeah and and one of the owners of green roads and and he told me that you graduated law school is that yeah, correct that is correct yeah i um i went on after I attended Florida State University. That's where yeah, I met Florida Danny. State, whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> the Florida State University. That's where uh, I, I was fortunate enough to meet Danny and a lot of other kids. Like, I've probably made thousands of relationships from there. And I know it sounds crazy, but I think I met every single person in that town when I was up there during my four years. I heard about you. you I, heard about your, I heard about your I parties. I was in a fraternity. I heard about your parties. Yeah, yeah. I heard about them. I, I have a <laughs> but I actually uh, almost got a DUI in the chair once. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Get, give me a story. Give me a quick clip uh, on that because I can't imagine the, say, the uh, school police officer chasing you down. Let's they had nothing to do I, uh, that day. I left the bar. It was a Pop Bellies, a very popular bar yeah. up at Florida State. And instead of going left to where I should have been going, <laughs> I went right. Yeah. And I was driving in the street where the cars are and stuff. And a Sounds cop dangerous. comes up to talk to me <laughs> and my buddy and asking, you know, if I'm okay. And he just realized that I'm just really drunk. And uh, <laughs> he didn't really like it. So he kind of, you know, made comments like, you know, I can give you a DUI for this and this and that. And I think I made a comment back. Can you sleep at night if you gave a kid in a wheelchair a DUI? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I love it. I love, love it. it. Love it. And uh, this is all Stick it from to. what I've heard. I, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he basically, you know, got really upset. But then I passed out and he had no choice but to call an ambulance. So he did that. And he told my friend he's going to teach me a lesson. So he impounded my wheelchair. No. Oh, really? my God. I wake up Did in you the learn hospital. The lesson? <laughs> and my buddy's like telling me everything that happened. I'm in shock. And he goes, oh, yeah, by the way, your wheelchair's at the impound. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. That is freaking hilarious. That is oh absolutely hilarious. Did, um, so you becoming an attorney, that's huge. That's massive um, for you yeah, to yeah. just persevere and, and, uh, and overcome in that way. I think you said it was like a business law class that you enjoyed so much that kind of yeah, made you want to go into that direction. It was that on top of just my personality that, um, you know, all throughout my life, people have always helped me to get where I am today. Wouldn't have been possible without all the people in my life, my family, my parents, my brother, my 
um, good friends, my even my not so close friends. Every single person I've met in my life has had a helping hand to get me where I am today. So I just figured if that's the case, you know, when I was in college, I thought maybe I wanted to be a doctor, something like that. But then I realized how physically demanding that is. And then I thought about becoming a lawyer. And then I took this class and I knew it was the right decision because I saw the way this professor was um, respected and the way people came up to him. And not to say that that's the only reason why I want to do it, but I could just tell that people trusted him. They enjoyed his, his company and really took his advice to heart. And I want to be that way. So I decided, you know what, maybe I just got to use my one um my one muscle in my brain, which is the strongest I have, and Amen. gain as much knowledge as I can, and use that to my power. How did how did cannabis, uh, you know, and and CBD help you to that? Of you know, the audience, we have a lot of of uh, patients that that listen to the show. How does CBD uh, did impact you? How did it help you? And how does cannabis help you today? Um, you know, get through your daily life uh, instead of, you know, possibly taking the pharmaceutical drugs or having a combination of both? Because I know some have a combination of both. Some might not be able to leave specific medications, but the rest of the medications, uh, they leave. I have a shout out to a friend of mine right now. Uh, his name is George. Came to me on Monday with uh, Parkinson's at the age of 46. And uh, uh, Trey was actually with me uh, during that conference, and uh, he's he's literally only taking Ambien right now. And uh, I spoke to him on the drive this way, um, and he was talking to a friend of his in Bermuda, and they're selling our products in Bermuda. So it was it was pretty cool to get that text from him. I'll show I'll share it later. Cool. But uh, the fact is, is that it, it helped him, and there's only one. I don't even. I can't even pronounce the drug that he takes. That he says it's is uh, is is the is the only one he's still taking right now for this whole week. How does how has that impacted you um, on the cannabis or the CBD side? And and how does it make you feel and, and get you through your day? Well, um, I've only tried CBD a little bit, and I've started to you know gain more knowledge on it and understand how it works. And I, I've noticed that you know just in my short time of just uh, using samples that I was given from you guys that, uh, you know, helped me just relax and de-stress. Uh, I was able to sleep really well um, one night when I took when I ate one of the little froggies. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it just um, I, I know from reading about it and doing my research on mustard fee and cannabis that I've seen all over the country, there's people out there that really – rely on it on a daily basis like I, I read something saying that there was a person living in Rhode Island who started using cannabis illegally and he his life changed dramatically to the point where he was having a very bad quality of life but he enjoyed you know the the benefits that uh, cannabis gave him so he just went and moved across the whole country to California where it's legalized and he could have access to these things um, more We regularly. call them canna refugees. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I know that for people in my condition, it can help them. And I, I could see that, you know, it makes sense because, you know, being in a wheelchair all day, it has its uh, effects on you. You know, a lot of lower back pain, you know, your butt gets sore, you can, 
you know, your legs get cramped or just uh, you can't really stretch out too well because a lot of people suffer from contractions, which is something I suffer from, which is where your joints just tighten up and they just get really stiff. And to my understanding, cannabis and CBD can relax those muscles and can release those tensions. And if that's the case, that's great. Um, you're, you're also you're also part of obviously you go to groups you have speaking engagements. How many of 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 people um, that that you're around use cannabis? Like is it like becoming now the norm to 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 use something uh, or use the plant whether it's through juicing or or any other any other way where they're actually using it and are feeling a better result than 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 the medical the uh, uh, pharmaceutical drugs that they're using? I believe within the past couple of years it's definitely increased in popularity and people have begin begin be, have been getting more educated about it so you know once people understand what's going on and how these drugs are affecting them or you know medicine is affecting them that you know they're really willing to try it out when nothing else has worked and I know from just meeting a lot of people and talking to people just a lot of people can't find something that works it's just yeah. very difficult especially when there's all these regulations and rules and all, all this crap out there that really uh you know, you want to help the people, but are they really helping them when this is so um, so stigmatized in a way where it should be the opposite? It should be more, uh, you know, you have to look at it more with an open mind because I believe if something has more benefits than negatives, then it's probably worth it. Absolutely. Well, if you have anyone in that you know that is in... Uh, the conditions that need cannabis. We have plenty of doctors uh, that will be more than happy to recommend uh, cannabis. Um, we had, we were with three or four of them uh, this past weekend, uh, including Dr. Michelle Weiner, uh, Dr. Barry Gordon, that's always, uh, he's actually listening to us right now. Shout out Barry, Ms., uh, Dr. Barry Gordon. He is understanding and he actually cares uh, and is willing to make sure that they, he provides and recommends cannabis to those who need it. So if you ever have a problem, make sure to reach out to Danny, and uh, we'll make sure to, uh, to be able to provide that access to those doctors. And I like how you raise the issue of the fact that, or the frustration that, you know, we have these rule makers based on stigma making laws without doing the due diligence of the education without, you know, in their wellness privilege of not having a chronic condition, um, making all these rules. So they really need to engage the patient community and find out how can, you know, cannabis help um, people live fuller lives and, and less, uh, more independent lives. And I think that's really important um, for someone, um, uh, especially with someone with muscular dystrophy. You mentioned camps that you've gone to where it was like, first time I felt really free because you were around your peers, people with a similar condition, and then you guys could really, you know, kind of discuss things and also feel like no one's judging you or, or um, looking at you in yeah, a certain way. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, you mentioned earlier that, you know, I had a hospital experience yeah. that was kind of life-changing. And about 12 years ago, um, I didn't have this tracheostomy. I, uh, I, went, I went to the hospital because... Just everything in my body was telling me something wasn't right. I ended up blacking out, waking up a month later in a different hospital, a more serious hospital, and I was pretty much coming out of an induced coma. 
and uh, I had probably millions of wires connected to me and you know all my legs my feet my arms my neck and um, you know after going through something like that I couldn't you know I was intubated which means that they had a tube stuck down my throat which was breathing for me connected to a ventilator and the doctors the only way they felt comfortable you know thinking that I was ever gonna get out of this was by giving me a trach so I wasn't able to communicate obviously with the tube down your throat you can't wow. communicate and um, I had a little whiteboard and I just wrote do what you got to do and you know we went through this whole process I learned a whole new way of life because I had to learn how to talk again how to eat again how to drink again how to use the bathroom again and all that you know kind of gave me the outlook that it really you know life is short and it can go at any minute and you really gotta enjoy everything life has to offer and really see everything with an open mind so that's why I just believe that you know if there's something out there that's life-changing that we need to un unlock it and get it out there for the world because maybe this could do to other people what some experience has done to me and can really help them you know get out there because I know a lot of people in my condition are fearful of just experiencing life almost because it's just mm -hmm. not easy and it's uh, it's scary thinking you know you're gonna be out there and all of a sudden you can't breathe or whatever or and pass out in the middle of the street yeah. while driving uh so. in, in your wheelchair <laughs> after having alcohol on that we're actually gonna go to break we yeah. gotta we gotta go to commercial right here uh thank you for yes i'll take us out danny you're such an inspiration Absolutely. thank you for living life to the full uh to the fullest i should say and um, we're gonna Go pay our bills. Um, thank you for tuning in to Cannabis Life Radio, sponsored by Green Roads World. like Cannabis Life Radio. Nobody.
Introducing 420 Cloud, ignited by MSIG, one of the fastest growing social apps around. The only app you'll need for all things cannabis. Find the latest cannabis news, videos, and stories, ranging from business and tech to sports and medicine. Start your career in cannabis by seeking, identifying, and applying for jobs through our expansive listings. For businesses, 420cloud.com features a full-scale cross-channel network, monetizing high traffic for big data conversion and analytics. Download 420 Cloud now from the iTunes Store or Google Play. MSIG.com is a publicly listed company on the OTC, symbol MCIG. At Alternative Vibes, our core values of quality, loyalty, respect, and honesty guides us in our mission to help families find peace and harmony through our products and services. Whether you are looking for a more natural way of living, shopping for essential oils, topicals, and edibles, or searching for a path towards achieving your goals, we are your choice. Learn more about our complete line of natural products and solutions at AlternativeVibes.com. Bringing quality of living to life. AlternativeVibes.com. Cannabis concentrates have been around for hundreds of centuries. In 19th century America, extracts mixed with other herbs were sold as a miracle cure. Now, Apex Supercritical has elevated the science of extraction into the 21st century. Apex Supercritical is the leader in CO2 extraction, which is the cleanest, safest, and purest way to extract plant oils. ROI in as little as three weeks. Our cost-effective systems are fully automated with an industry-leading three-year warranty. And if we don't have your system in stock, we can build one in as little as four weeks. Bringing CO2 extraction to the masses. Learn more at apeksupercritical.com. Four-week build excludes high production systems. Cannabis news from around Florida and around the world. This is Cannabis Life Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Cannabis Life Radio. Cheryl Murray Powell here with my co-host, Arby Barroso. We have some really special guests in the building. Um, we have Jared Bambus and... Steve Garrisons, who many of you will remember, we had a really detailed interview uh, with, it got over 100,000 views. Um, Mr. Garrison is a Florida-based farmer, veteran, former police chief, who has submitted his application for a um, medical marijuana treatment center in Florida, or um, in the first phase for the um, uh, medical marijuana license, and this is his second attempt. He has his completed application ready to go, hot off the presses, and there's no way to submit. So we're going to speak to him a little bit about his journey, where we are, and also his uh, lawsuit against the state of Florida. Okay? So welcome, guys. Thank you. Is, has there it's been nice any... It, uh, we're always, it's always a pleasure Good talking to, to first the veterans. Thank you for your service of, uh, and, and for joining us again here today has there been any improvements since the last time we spoke not really not much progress at all at all no i they're sitting on your hands in tallahassee and i heard they're they're um holding off on funding the department of health as an attempt to get them to um act to do something to do their jobs um, what are your thoughts on um denying them funding or restricting their access to funding well, it's really unfortunate that they have to go to that length to do it. I mean, it's pretty obvious that uh, that they procrastinating. I don't know why, incompetence, uh, uh, whatever reason. Mm -hmm. But uh, 
for us, it's very frustrating. We've gone to a lot of, of um, uh, uh, sacrifice, uh, yeah, sure. efforts. Uh, we've expended a lot of money. It's very frustrating. And it's got to be frustrating for all the people out there that, uh, that want access to legal cannabis and aren't able to do that because uh, people in Tallahassee are... Uh, or sitting on your hands and procrastinating, and it makes no sense. So let's let's remind our audience how long you've been farming and, and your your experience. They've put the requirements out there. You have to be an entity for five years or more. Uh, you you need to be a nursery and have a certificate from the Department of Agriculture. How long have you been actively in the farming space? Well, initially the requirements were thirty years. That's and true. We've uh, been in business. Um, for about 37 years, I have Excellent. in the nursery, and um, uh, you know now the nursery industry is a 35 billion dollar uh, industry in the state of Florida. I wonder why. <laughs> and we and we ship all over. We ship all over the world. I've shipped a uh, plane load of Bougainvillea to Saudi Arabia. Wow. You know, uh, we ship into the Caribbean, um, all over it. Uh, and now we'd like to move into a new phase. We'd like to move into uh, cannabis. And I think that uh, um, I think that we can do a lot of good if we get uh, if we get the license that we've applied for and we think we justly deserve. I, I can agree with you more. I mean, uh, I've had a couple conversations this week with uh, nurseries that have licenses, but yet have not put a seed in the ground. Yeah. You know, and that's that's troubling uh, to me when we have patients. Uh, first, we, ought, we we understand we need to educate the doctors first. I think they're starting to get educated. I think they're starting to really get on board on on this. Uh, but for for them not to have uh, for licensees and nurseries to have a license and not have any seeds in the ground. Um, or, or intention and, to open or up. Or intention to open up. And then you're here ready to go. With a purpose, with experience, um, and and really, you know, caring about what the patient access would be and the product that you're going to provide to them, and for them not even to even look at you at this point in time is really troubling. I, I think, uh, in my opinion, this is obviously it's 2018. It is a voting year, so I think things may change, uh, and I think they're going to change quickly, uh, quicker than what people think, just because uh, there's going to be two platforms that they're going to definitely be running on. Uh, and one is going to be cannabis, and the other one's going to be opiate addiction. Absolutely. So those We're are already be, seeing it. Yeah, that, that's going to. I mean, when I went to town hall last last week, it was this is their 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 ground that they're standing on, but they don't know anything about it. They didn't have somebody there talking about how they went through an opiate you know opiate addiction and how they got out of the opiate addiction. So it's really just grandstanding at this point. But I think that's going to start changing, and I think a lot of new ca the candidates are going to start realizing that they really need to speak about how that we're going to get out of this out of this problem. And I think cannabis is going to be one of the ways we get out of this. Instead of them saying they're going to be uh, there's going to be a dispensary in every corner. God bless. I hope there is because I'd rather have that than an alcohol and or a you know doctor's office that's just prescribing opiates. Well, comparatively speaking, cannabis is just so benign that. Things that they give, um, I know veterans, I'm a veteran of Vietnam, and I lost a son who was a veteran of the Iraq War. And had he had access 
to legal marijuana, uh, he might still be with us. And, and I honestly believe that because it was, to me, pure evil how many different drugs uh, the VA gave him. And combined with alcohol, it cost, it cost my son's life. And... Uh, I'm sorry. Left a very that. left a very big vacuum. So this is a very personal thing to me. And I'm gonna continue to pursue it and do everything that I can to see that people that need the um uh the cannabis are, are gonna have access to it. Uh the veterans, the the Excellent. people with all sorts of illnesses. <laughs> I uh you know, I, I'm passionate about it. I, I, I apologize. It. I, I can't it. help. Listen, I can't the help. The point it. is, is that those. This is what we do need in Florida: is people that are passionate about what they're doing Absolutely. in the industry. We don't need people with. Yeah, you obviously have to have some type of money, but the fact is, is that the people that are passionate are the ones that will be successful. The ones that are looking at this industry as just a cash, they want to just grow Absolutely. it and make money on it, are the ones that are. That it's it, it's going to come through. You know, it's, it's, I, we it's see it clear. as all the time where people come into our office and they just want to launch a CBD product. They want to do something. And you could see, they, well, how much money can I make? Right. Well, you know what? Our conversation's over. Right. You know, because it's... it's it, if you're not patient-focused... If it's not patient-focused, it's pointless. Uh, and, and I see the passion in your face. And I know that you really want to get this out to the people. And that's the whole point. We need people like yourself. We don't need companies uh, that get a license and then turn around and sell it to a Canadian company uh, just because they, want, they wanted the money. Uh, you want to grow. You want to be able to provide this access and this type of plant to as many people as you can in Florida. Um, we're hoping that flower passes so then this industry could truly open up and, and provide access to 2 million patients is what we're projected to have. Well, you know, I'm 73 years old, and I have a successful business, and more money in my life isn't going to make a single bit of difference right. to me in any, in any respect. Uh, you know, I'm in this because I really feel passionate about it, and I think it's the right thing. And I wish the legislature, uh, the powers that be, the people in the Department of Health would, would do the right thing, do what the people in this state really want. Uh, done and grant access, uh, you know, open up the ability for people like me to cultivate and produce and make readily available to the people of this state a, a, a medicine, a and drug. And a good quality medicine. You know, the, 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 the gentleman earlier said that uh, he did Ambien. Ambien's an evil drug, in my it opinion. Is. In Absolutely. fact, the guy that named it has a sense of humor because... You, 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 you actually gave me a little history on that. It was actually on Ambien Hill that Richard III and the Plantagenets uh, went to sleep forever um, at the hands of uh, Henry VII, uh, the King of England, father of Henry VIII. And it was on Ambien Hill that uh, at the Battle of Bosworth that Richard the Third died, and the last British monarch to die in uh, in in combat. And whoever named it had a sense of humor, right. kind of a dark sense a of humor, I, I, not, I, I, in I, I, my I opinion. About to say a little dark. But it, wouldn't it be better if you have a veteran that that you know has all sorts of demons in his mind to be able to imbibe in right. a little bit of uh, cannabis rather than taking a drug that has such 
evil adverse effects. Uh, totally, 100%. 100% well, thank you for not giving up and, and resubmitting, being prepared to resubmit your application. I, I can tell that you're determined to make this happen for patients and also to make sure that your son didn't die in vain. So we applaud you for that. And veterans are at the forefront of this industry. So, um, you know, we, we have Jose Bellin, who's one of the plaintiffs on the federal lawsuit against Jeff Sessions. Um, that hearing is taking place February 14th um, in New York. So anyone who can join him, uh, we, we encourage it. They're also having Green Heart Days uh, activities across the country where they're going to be protesting in front of courthouses. So we, we thank you for your service, but thank that, you for continuing to serve. That's it. I think Jared at this point wants, yeah. to, wants to comment, sure. and, and, comment and, on this. And, and Sorry and, about that. And, yeah. You know, and I'm with the Bills Nursery team, and you know we're really proud of everything that to me, especially personally, I'm really proud of everything that they're trying to undertake on behalf of the patients here in the state of Florida. Uh, actually, the Attorney General came out last week and stated that the current medical marijuana program here in the state of Florida has led to a state of emergency and has essentially left us in a state of crisis because there are thousands of patients, if not tens of thousands of patients, who are struggling to receive access to this life-saving medication. Um, the heart of our lawsuit, for those who aren't familiar, is actually to open up the application process for the remaining amount of medical marijuana treatment center licenses here in the state of Florida. Uh, these were supposed to be delivered uh, in October, by October 3rd of 2017. Yes. But, of course... By statute. Yes, by federal yeah. statute. Uh, so, essentially, patients are being denied their constitutional right to access and product availability, as well as some patients in the northern west regions have no access, period, due to a lack of dispensary and high delivery times in those areas. So for all of these reasons, I mean, Bills is really passionate about patient access and as far as opening up uh, this program to more uh, participants, uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, and at the end of the day, it's just, it's something that's really dear and near and dear to our heart. And, th and the legislature recognizes that there's a problem with the current state of affairs and so does Bills and quite frankly, the entire patient community. And that's something we're hoping to remedy. What, what caused you to be, um, it, to get involved in this type of activism and, and business? Um, you know, one of the things that actually originally uh, had brought me to cannabis was I was diagnosed with Tourette's at an extremely young age, uh, around age 13. And, you know, granted, it was a little bit old, I was a little bit older when I finally experiment, started experimenting with cannabis in college, and I yeah. noticed that it actually helped me curve a majority of my tics as well as other social and mood disorders. Um, I found that it really provided me a quality of life, and that being said, I don't think I would be the person today that I was without cannabis, uh, quite frankly. Um, I took that passion from Tallahassee. I actually was a, a roommate of Danny, uh, the gentleman who's well, been fired So, so you guys were actually... You guys, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a small world. Small um, world it is. Yeah, then I took that to California and then eventually to Colorado, and I've worked with around 42 different families. I've represented patient organizations across the country, and I've spoke on both a state and a federal level. And ultimately, when push came to shove and medical came to the table for the state of Florida, I decided it was time to come home and best try and help the people in my state. Otherwise, what was the point of going and leaving in the first place? Understood. That, well, that, is, that is absolutely awesome. Uh, Mr. Garrison, I just want people to understand that you were a, sh a chief of police for Atlanta. No, 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 no. I, no, right across the Palmetto, village of Virginia Gardens. So you were chief Can of hit it with a rock from here. Oh, wow. So, wow. <laughs> so you were, you were actually a, a police officer. I, I think the, the people are going to want to know this. And can you just get a little bit into the, you know, what the mind frame was back when you were uh, uh, the chief uh, of police? 
in that area uh, compared to, you know, maybe some of the officers that you speak to today to, you know, what's what's their frame of mind on what cannabis is? You know, I've been to uh, uh, different um, uh, meetings of uh, Florida Chiefs of Police and International Association of Chiefs of Police, and I think that... And I think that the consensus of opinion of most uh, police administrators is that cannabis is a very benign substance. And I don't think that most chiefs of police or police administrators uh, really want to see their officers being aggressive against marijuana. And it's been like that for actually quite a while. Yeah. You know, I was with Atlanta Police uh, Department for five years, and I was with the... Um, on assignment to the Odell program, Officer Drug Abuse Law Enforcement. And that was, uh, uh, I worked undercover for a year. It had to do with street level uh, heroin. It was a program that uh, President Nixon at the time had established. Um, so I've been in, involved from the law enforcement side, but uh, I don't think there's going to be many uh, police administrators that you'll find anywhere that really want their officers aggressively pursuing cannabis. And a lot of them, and my friends in law enforcement, understand the, uh, the positive uh, aspects of, uh, of uh, cannabis. I'm sure that they'd rather be seeing uh, somebody uh, consuming cannabis than uh, going to a call where there's a, a heroin or Absolutely. opiate overdose. Uh, that's happening so constant right now in, in, in every state. Uh, Palm Beach has a serious fentanyl issue uh, where they're mixing it in with heroin. And uh, we have 19, 20, and 21-year-old uh, children, because that's what they are, you know, young men dying due to the fact that uh, that heroin is, is it's, it's having a comeback. Yeah, and I think what... Uh, um what happens is people start with pharmaceuticals, yeah. a lot of people, and they're prescribed these things and it leads them into heroin uh, abuse and other abuse. I really don't think marijuana leads you into anything no. other than <laughs> other than maybe refrigerator. A, a convenience store. <laughs> or yeah, to your yeah, bed, sleeping. Yeah, fast food facility. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Agreed. And as you've been speaking, we like some of our viewers have been, you know, make, posting on Facebook you know, uh, that, you know, my mom would have lived if we had access. Um, my mom, Lori Chaston, my mother died from cancer. You know, Cody Lemon said he got through high school um, and college because he had access to the plant. Um, you know, so it's so unfortunate when we see, we reflect and look at the lives that cannabis could have saved. And, uh, you know, I applaud you for, you know, having that passion and want to, you know, whatever you can do to make sure that patients have a choice. Uh, and again, as RB always says, it's not a cure-all. We, we agree that there's a place for pharmaceuticals um, in healing. However, there's, cannabis should be offered as an alternative, uh, as an option. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate when we see, like, your son has passed away, unfortunately, um, and, and other people have passed away. Or, you know, even though they were going to pass away, they could have spent more time or enjoyed more time with their families. It's just unfortunate that in 2018, we're in this current state. Listen, when you have pharma saying that synthetics is a, is a better mixture for cannabis than the actual natural plant, uh, that's, that's when we start having a problem. 
uh, because that's where their mind's at. Their mind's at is that they can make a better THC product. Uh, right. Syndros uh, right now is approved by the FDA, uh, which is a synthetic THC. Uh, we obviously know we have Marinol. Um, and uh, they're doing everything in their power to try to get into this industry and create synthetic-style products because they know they don't have the patience to grow it. And that's, that's the whole point. Uh, as growers, uh, you would know that it takes time, uh, passion uh, to grow this type of plant and really uh, almost caress it and make sure that you, you treat it like, uh, that's why they call them babies. Uh, and, uh, and they have their night times where they sleep and then they have their day times when they're awake. And the fact is, is that there's nothing more natural and especially in medicine, that's something that is a plant itself. So yeah. synthetics should be definitely out, but yet you got the FDA approving these type of things. Absolutely. And Jared, tell us a little bit about what you can about the case. I know we, we have to be limited as far as what we share, but Certainly. what would you like the public to know? Definitely. Well, just real quick before that, um, I just wanted to say very briefly that in regards to cannabis being a secondary option and being an option for patients, period, um, you know, and this is more of a personal opinion than anything, but we personally believe that, uh, you know, cannabis should also be available as a first line of defense and to treatment for patients. You know, there are a lot of patients and a lot of scientific studies that are coming out that show the efficacy and benefits of cannabis for certain qualifying conditions. And that being said, we believe that a lot of these, uh, a lot of people are looking for access to something that does less harm and has, you know, is ultimately natural. And that's something that we're hoping to bring. Um, but in regards to the lawsuit with Bill's Nursery, um, you know, there hasn't been too much movement, unfortunately. Uh, we have been heard once or twice by the Florida legislature. That being said, we are due back in court this month. Uh, you know, we're very hopeful for the outcome for the state of Florida in regards to the pro uh, application, I'm sorry, the application pool being opened and applications actually being accepted for the state of Florida, but it's looking like we may potentially still be a couple months out. Uh, there are a couple other lawsuits in the uh, the pipeline, such as the Pigford lawsuit, as yep. well as, uh, you know, a couple uh, general lawsuits in regards to procedurals and rulemaking not being yet established, and all of these are slowly holding up the Florida legislature and, quite frankly, the Office of Medical Marijuana Use, and I don't necessarily look at that as an excuse. Rather, I see it as a, a need that needs to be addressed uh, either legislatively or ultimately uh, addressed outright. There is no reason at this point for this to have extended to the point that it has, and we're hearing from our, you know, constituents, or we're hearing from the legislature that their constituents are calling in saying that, you know, people are passing away and not receiving the access they need, and quite frankly, we, we don't find that acceptable, and we really hope to relieve that burden. And they planned for lawsuits. They budgeted for lawsuits. That's the, that's the unfortunate piece. They knew they hadn't gotten it right, mm -hmm. and they planned for lawsuits to happen. So, which, it, again, it, it is unfortunate. How can we, you said for, later on this month there's some activity with your lawsuit. How can the public support? Um, would you like to have a presence from the community, and, and what are the dates that we need to have in mind? Yeah, so we would love to have a presence from the community. Uh, we can get some updates posted as far as an actual date, on perhaps on the secondary video posting. Sure. Um, that'd be wonderful, just for the sake of having some clarity on the time and actual venue location. Yeah, we have your back. Uh, thank you. And then as far as that being, uh, as far as that goes, we would love a public, uh, you know, uh, we'd love a public input, both on our Facebook page and through our social media accounts. Uh, we would love a presence both in the courtroom and, you know, of course, 
course uh, legislatively. Anyone who's willing to go up to the Capitol and speak their story, whether it be a, a story of hardship, a story of success, whatever it may be, we find that one of the best things that can help move the state of Florida forward, as well as the entire industry as a whole, is being vocal about your experience and not being ashamed to stand up and say, medical cannabis has helped me. And that being said, that's we find that that's the best way you can you know help lend us your support is just be vocal, speak with the people in your community, you know, uh, bring light to the issues that are currently happening here in the state of Florida, and don't be afraid to reach out to your local legislature. At the end of the day, you know, it may not seem like it, but they do represent you, and that's something that we believe to our core. I think we got Michael on the phone at this present time. Is that Mike? We have Michael on the phone. I'm here. How are you? Uh, absolutely. Hey, Michael. There we go. So we actually have Michael on the phone. Michael, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Michael Bowen. Uh, I am an activist in the cannabis space. Um, historically, a conservative Republican was a uh, top 50 uh, real estate developer prior to uh, becoming an activist. Became an activist primarily on economics uh, issues in D.C. But uh, I'm an epileptic and was had my first seizure when I was age 13, similar to Jared's story. Um, was controlled by big pharma drugs for 30 years. Uh, unfortunately, did not realize that I should not have been on the big pharma drugs for more than 10 years. So, ended up with a lot of side effects and yeah, damaged my kidneys and liver and stuff like that. So, my wife convinced me into uh, trying cannabis. Um, my big pharma drugs quit working on me two years ago, and I was having one to three seizures a night. Uh, which is essentially the equivalent of running a marathon every single day. And the physical toll is so great. My wife, uh, who works extensively with the veteran community, um, said, hey, try cannabis. The vets are using it for PTSD. They say, they say it works, blah, blah, blah. So we went through a two-year testing period, trial and error, uh, to come up with my program. But my seizures are completely controlled now. So I That's turned, awesome. Uh, Congratulations yeah, on that. Thank, thank you. I've turned my activism efforts from tax reform and all this other stuff that's actually occurring or has occurred already to the cannabis industry and uh, was introduced to Jared and Bills and the Garrisons. Um, and we are working actively with the Bills groups and could not agree with you uh, more in the fact that the round one um, providers was less than desirable. The access is horrible here in Florida. I really believe the round two growers, like the Garrisons, are the people who are in this business for the right reason. Yeah, so, understood. Um, and they didn't have yeah, special you. access to um, to knowledge of when it was available for them to submit their application. And, and that's where it all starts. I mean, I, we came from Colorado, so it's it's the people that actually come after uh, all this. You know, the dust settles, and the people that actually truly care about patient access and the strains and the type of product they're creating, uh, making sure there's no pesticides, there's no metals mm. in the products exactly. and no molds, no mites, and they have a controlled environment. Th those, those are the companies that succeed. It's not uh, the guy that comes in that thinks that he has a couple million dollars and that they're going right. to create a grow and that they're going right. to make millions and millions of dollars. Those are the type of people that burn through their cash and typically are out of the business uh, over a two to three year span trying to sell exactly what's going on here in Florida. Uh, two, or, two or three nurseries have already uh, been sold. Uh, I think if it's not two been sold already, guaranteed, there's another one that's up for sale. Um, and they get to plant one seed. So what they need right. to do is really open up the door to 
um, uh, legitimately <laughs> to people that really truly care about actually creating a product that's going to help people instead of just writing prescriptions uh, for all different types of headache or anxiety or sleeping disorder when we could use this natural plant uh, to help that. Well, it's interesting too because uh, so I have a card. Uh, I am legal in name. Um, but here in Florida, we have far too growers. We have far too few strains. We do not have any quality control whatsoever. My quote-unquote recommendation, which is their term for a prescription down here, uh, was for 900 milligrams of THC, which is for my seizures, that's about three days' worth of medicine. So even though I'm technically legal, I do not have access. Mm-hmm. Every single year, 55,000 people will die from a seizure. Wow. I am one of those. I am one of those candidates. So I literally wake up every day and go, you know what? Thanks, God. I got one more day. This is cool. Let's keep fighting this fight, and hopefully we can open up the access so people like me don't have to worry about waking up tomorrow. And we talk about that all the time in the mm-hmm. office. Uh, we know that THC helps uh, a significant amount with uh, epilepsy patients, um, but also yes. CBD has been found to be uh, extremely helpful, and that's why we sponsor patients because we look at epilepsy as life. Or death, like literally, there's yes. people dying that have no reason to to die because the medicine is readily available for them. You you've done yes. a bit of lobbying as well, as far as getting us legal in this state. You want to talk yes. about your lobbying yes. experience? And I think there was an unfortunate I- incident, but that's how a lot of people know who you are. Um, that happened um, in front of the legislators as well. Yeah, we were we were quite active in the prop two um, lobbying effort. My wife and I. Uh, uh, We've done a lot of lobbying on on Capitol Hill in D.C. We turned our attention to Tallahassee on Prop 2, and um, unfortunately, I was there to testify uh, as a patient in front of the Senate, and um, I literally had a seizure on the Senate floor. I was just, I was literally, I was the next guy to be called up, and I had a seizure. So uh, it was an eye-awakening experience, I think, for a lot of the legislators. Um, and if, there's no such thing as a good seizure, but there were several items that we were pushing in Prop 2 as flawed as it was, you know, like the 90-day wait thing and all that kind of stuff that they did um, they did cave on, and, and it, we ended up with a better flawed bill. It's probably the best way to say it. A better flawed bill. That's a great way to look yeah. at it. Let's, let's, let's make a bill. It's still going to be flawed, but yeah. it's a little bit better yeah. flawed. But, you know, it, and it was interesting. It, um, what I found interesting about it was not necessarily what happened in the legislature, but it was the media reaction to my seizure on the Senate floor. It ended up going out to like 400 different outlets. So what opened my eyes on that was the worldwide uh, interest and passion for the subject is so intense. Um, and you think about Florida, 71% of the population voted for this. You can't get seventy-one percent of the population to agree that the sky is blue. Exactly, that is so exactly. true. Exactly, that is so true. People are behind it. Their vote will count when it matters. Um, you know, uh, you know, as President Obama said, uh, "Don't boo, vote." Uh, it's going to be even yes. more important for our industry as we get closer to elections. Um, what? Yeah. What? How did? Um, how exactly? I know you touched upon this. How exactly did you connect with the Bills Nursery crew to um, to be p- part of this lawsuit? 
Uh, we're actually doing some work in conjunction with Bill's uh, as, as the growing team. Um, okay. what, what we looked at was the first round was kind of, it wasn't kind of, I mean, you know what, you understand what the first round was about. Yes. We wanted to, we wanted to align ourselves with, uh, an organization that was in it for the right reasons, understands that the, you know, the money is a long-term thing. Who cares about that? But people that were focused on patient access, patient uh, yeah, orientation, exactly. quality strength, quality dosages. This is the other issue that people don't talk about. There's no real dosages out there. And how do you lab test for that and understand as an epileptic, I'm not the same as another epileptic. Exactly. I have a very specific custom tailored medicine to what works for me. It took me two years to figure it out with my wife. There's no program for that. So I go to the doctor these days and the doctor interviews me. That's how backwards it is. Well, that, that's that's where we've been for the last year is really pushing is um, educating the doctors and having yes. a forum where the doctors get educated on what and how uh, they should be prescribing. Um, I've yes. yet to see uh, the nurseries do that. I think if, if they're going to be spending money on on something, they should what they should do is actually bring in doctors that have been recommending now for over five years, bring them in from Colorado, mm-hmm. bring them in from California, bring them in from Washington, Israel. bring them in from Israel, absolutely, 1,000%, yep. and then have them have a forum where they actually educate these doctors on what they're actually doing. Not to say that we have bad doctors here in Florida, but they need to understand what they're prescribing or recommending, sorry, what they're recommending exactly. to their patients. And that's, I think that's gonna, that would change the, the game because um, we do have a few, but those few doctors can't um, um, really supply to the rest of, 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 of Florida. So I think that that would be one of the best things to do is bring doctors from outside so then these doctors have a two, three-day retreat where they're actually educating themselves on how to recommend towards patients, whether they have epilepsy, whether they have pain, whether they have, you know, muscle spasms, you know, different types of ailments for different types of strains because that's exactly yeah. what it is. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's uh, not one pill fits all, not one strain fits all. And I think that's one of the things that the doctors really need to educate themselves on in, in, in this industry. Well, and, and, and another thing that they need to understand, too, is that the delivery form affects uh, the efficacy as well. So if, you know, if you're doing an edible, and this is where John Morgan's lawsuit becomes important, because for some people that have extreme, extreme pain from terminal cancer, the smoking is important for delivery Right. Uh, access for them. Other, you know, edibles affect you differently. So this is where we got to really dive down into the weeds on this and say, hey, this, you have Parkinson's, this is probably the best medicine for you, you know? We're not doing that. We're, yeah, and that's because the, the industry's stagnant. Once we have more information, more education, we can experiment more, we allow more players, more growers in, then we can have the strains that are specific to the, uh, the illnesses. Now, well, you know, you look at California, they're still changing their laws, so we don't expect it to be a one and done, clearly. No, you know, no, that's unrealistic. No. But we do expect yeah. them to listen to the voice of the patients and uh, support the farmers who are Florida-grown, the farmers who are hiring, like yourself, a patient to be involved in the process. Those are the people we want to um, put our support behind. Yeah, there's, you know, Wave 2 is going to advance us 
uh, dramatically in this process. In Florida, I believe incrementalism is the only way we're going to get to where we want to be. we got to take little baby steps. Um, there's a lot of other players that think that we should go in you know, with a sword, and it's just not going to happen that way. It's going to be a time a time process, and that's okay. But, um, you know, it's, the reason why the Bills team is so interesting is because they've got extensive, extensive backgrounds. Uh, they've built a world-class team, and they know where they want to go, which is a, as a patient is where I want the industry to go. So I commend them for how they're approaching this. And uh, it's a journey. So I'm not, I'm, this is the rest of my life. So I'm, I'm, this is my mission for, for the balance of my career. So mm-hmm. Thanks well, for not we're, sitting we're right there. We're right there with you. I mean, we, uh, we uh, live and breathe this uh, industry uh, on the cannabis side because that's where it starts. For us, it's, I mean, we're in the CBD side of, of uh, the hemp side. Uh, but, you know, it needs, and the cannabis needs to get out there and it needs to get uh, to the to the patients that really truly need it, so we could help hopefully control a lot of the you know the the addictions and the opiates and the Xanax and the Valiums and everything else that's going out there that we could actually use cannabis for instead of just writing those types of prescriptions. And I think it's going to start and like you said, it's going to be slow and steady. Uh, it happened in Colorado to us. Legislation would change from day to day uh, when we were there. Uh, that's why I came back to Florida because I figured you know what, let me just get back to Florida and then we'll start little by little here uh, and, and then continue to move forward. So I think we're three to five years away, to be honest with you. Uh, that's where we were at when uh, it happened in Colorado. It was only nine states were, were little, uh, literally medical. I think there was two rec at the time. Uh, now we're at the 29 states. Hopefully by the two, end of 2018, we'll be somewhere around 40. So I think it's definitely going to be a slow and steady, but as long as it's a slow and steady moving forward and not backwards, I think we're in good uh-huh. shape. Yeah, yeah and, and going back to your comment on CBD, uh, I use CBD as well as THC, and it's important, I think, for the audience to understand the difference between the two. Yeah. Uh, CBD does not have the psychotropic effects of THC, and there's a lot of people who are like, look, I don't want to be, quote-unquote, high during the day. Um, there's a way to work a program, which is what I do, which is you use CBD during the day, and then you can switch to some low THC at night. Yeah, I know and a lot of you're, people on that you're completely functional, but a lot of the audience won't understand that. You're completely functional. Uh, I'm, a, I'm on that regimen myself, so uh, I completely understand it. That's why we actually uh, created a CBD product. That, uh, Garrison and Jared have been at, at our facility. Uh, we're the only licensed compound pharmacist formulated CBD product. And... Uh, and uh, that's that's what we do every day, and we've been doing it now for uh, just about six years. So, you know, there's a lot of new CBD companies coming in, in into play now. But the, we've been in the business now for six years, and having a pharmacist formulate the product, not just put the oil in a bottle, is a big difference between us and uh, 95 to 99 percent of the companies that are out there. Um, and 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 we understand uh, that uh, CBD is a nutrient. Um, uh, we have zero THC in our in our products, and uh, it really just comes down to it's it's a nutrient. It's almost like a vitamin um, that that's naturally occurring in our body, um, and we're providing that nutrient to to that endocannabinoid system. So um, that's why we stand behind also the cannabis because cannabis is the first, and then CBD is the second. So we got to make sure that we get all these things across to to you know really clean up uh, you know pharma's pharma's mess. 
uh, at the end. Uh-huh. Uh, we, we really need to come together as a unit um, and make sure that people understand that so everybody's on the same page. And, and real, real quickly, too, going back to your synthetic uh, conversation earlier, it's important for the audience to understand that uh, the company that's putting the synthetic out was just bought by Bayer and Monsanto, Big Pharma and GMO. Yeah. That's where that's they're that's where they're trying to take the industry. That's where they're trying to take the industry, and we we thank you for your that. Syndros, your... I don't mean to interrupt. Oh, uh, Syndros uh, by Incest that that was bought actually now by by Monsanto's in them. Uh, I don't know if that drug was the GW Pharmaceuticals one. GW Pharmaceuticals was just bought by Bayer and Monsanto. Okay, All right, so I'm glad you so told me that. That's really aggressively getting yeah. into. Our space, so yeah, th- yeah, that's really a, a good heads up. Um, we thank you for all the uh, all of your efforts and for joining the Bills Nursery team. All of our listeners, we encourage you to go on Facebook and like Bills Nursery. Um, they post really interesting, relevant articles as well, and you can keep up with what the team is doing. Um, they will also place on that page how we can support them with their upcoming hearing this month. Right here in in Florida, we're going to post on the Cannabis Life Radio page. Um, any final thoughts for Jared and, and Steve before we we go to our next commercial break? Um, you know, as as far as I go, uh, I just wanted to say, you know, we really appreciate the patient community in the state of Florida. At the end of the day, this entire effort is for you guys. Uh, we recognize the potential benefits and the known benefits that marijuana and cannabis as a whole has to offer. And ultimately, you know, we hope to work with the state of Florida in providing better access and more access for patients across the state. And, uh, you know, of course, we want to thank Cannabis Life Radio for all of your guys' ongoing support and everything that you guys do for the patient community. Um, I know that thousands of people would not be receiving the benefits and uh, the help that, quite frankly, they need if it wasn't for you guys. So, uh, thank you. On behalf of Bill's, on behalf of Bill's Nursery and the Garrison family, I just want to thank everybody for helping us. I think we're doing the right thing, Absolutely. and upward and onward. Uh, th- I, we want to say definitely thank you first for your service, for the passion that you're going to have in this industry, and I know that uh, we'll be speaking soon, and you'll be growing true medicine on your on your nursery sometime soon and you have our full support thank you so much thank you so much sir so uh, right now we'll go to commercial break thank you you've been listening to cannabis life radio brought to you by green rose show people talk about all week long this is cannabis life radio
Introducing Blue Moon CBD, straight from the bluegrass of Kentucky. With our special nano emulsion process, you'll not only get the best CBD available, you'll get more of it. Not all CBD is the same. It's your body. It's your choice. Get relief from inflammation, anxiety, and stress. Go to www.bluemoonhemp.com and use code HEMP420 for a 20% discount on your order. Balance your body. Balance your life. Make it Blue Moon CBD. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the hosts of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Cannabis Life Radio. I'm Cheryl Murray Powell with my co-host Arby Barroso. What? 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 <laughs> we are stepping into our third segment of our show today. Uh, we have a really good um, politician out of Oklahoma um, who wants to support the industry, wants to support legalization, wants to support patients. Um, her name is Senator Connie Johnson. That's my hometown. Oklahoma. Really? You didn't know that? You negated. 
305. <laughs> 305 all day, right? <laughs> anyway, so um, Connie, uh, Senator Connie Johnson, are you on the phone? Okay, we're, we're going to get her on the phone. We'll get her on the phone. While, Will's while giving us the finger. So I'm not like the not the middle finger, finger but the good finger. finger. But um, I know, Carby, we've had a lot of athletic stuff going on this um, past yes, week. Yes. So let's talk about our athletics department and some of the activity. Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I, we, I know we have Trey Estrell that's uh, in the building. But uh, big shout out to Trey. Big shout out to uh, Teofimo Lopez, which was uh, he fought this week. Uh, he was all geared down in Green Roads uh, at the athletics uh logo and his uh shorts. he's uh his shorts his, his jacket. jacket uh we had jonathan from tfc out there uh with trey and uh they were just in the back in the back end uh really interviewing him talking to him they went they went to dinner with the family nice. and uh he ended up winning uh winning the fight got he's a little a lightweight bit of, champion he not yet not yet but he will be the lightweight champion i could tell you that right now and he'll be fighting in the undercard uh and look out for him because he'll be at uh uh, fighting for Pacquiao uh, in April, he'll be the undercard for that. So we've had a lot of things happening in the sports and athletic side uh, since we brought Trey in. Uh, he's done amazing. Um, obviously, we're the first uh, uh, CBD company to be in professional sports with the NAPB. Uh, we will Woo! be in Kentucky. That's a huge Absolutely. Can you say that again for me? We are the first CBD company to be in professional sports, um, and that is uh, NAPB. Which David Maglia gave us an opportunity to uh, create a, a holistic, hopefully, uh, style of basketball where we could help with our products. Um, and uh, we'll be actually at the game. You can tune into us on on Wednesday uh, through Green Roads Wednesday, because we will be that? we'll be in Kentucky. We're going to be uh, in Kentucky supporting. Uh, we'll be uh, in our travel gear and we'll be uh, in the locker room talking to trainers, uh, talking to some of the basketball players. That's and uh, it's going to be absolutely great. So we got a lot more things Where are coming. Were on ESPN too? Like. Uh, we were on ESPN on the actual. That's where they had the the top ranked boxing. So that yeah, absolutely. We uh we were on top ranked boxing on ESPN. Uh, we've gotten a lot of phone calls from other athletes from other uh, companies that are now uh, calling us, wanting to uh, join the team and kind of get on our boat. Uh, I'm leaving those decisions up to Trey. Uh, really, because since he's been in that in that field now for two years, uh, really working hard and creating a, a platform for himself, uh, we're honored to have him on board. Uh, truly, as a uh, you know, our Green North Athletic side, uh, where he's uh, really bringing innovation. Um, he, he's hustling. He's talking to doctors. Um, we've had seven articles. We came out on Playboy, Benzaga. Uh, we came out on um, High Times. Uh, uh, and matter of fact, High Times and Herb, shout out to Herb and High Times. Uh, Herb will also be at uh, at this basketball game, which yeah, is a nice. sold out um, uh, arena at 5,500 people. So uh, we're going to have a, a nice uh, set of uh, amazing marketing people uh, and media people in the cannabis and CBD side of the world because we have Cannabis Live TFC out there. We got Herb out there. We got High Times out there literally covering this game uh, because it's the first game that we're going to be at um, uh, in professional sports where we're going to be uh, giving out um, some of our products. Congratulations to Green Rose. And uh, I'm glad you're leading these decisions to Trey and not me because I'd be like, if they're oh, 
we, we, we know, we, we, we know everybody's strong suit. I could tell you that right now. Exactly. So. Thank you. That's not my strength. That type of uh, discernment. So. Okay. So I think we, I think we have the senator on the phone at this point. Yeah, Senator uh, Connie Johnson. Are Hello. You on? Welcome to. Can you hear me now? Absolutely. We're excited to have you on. We have you on a split screen with your your photo. This is a a conversation that we've been working towards for many months now. Thank you to your team um, out in Oklahoma for continuing the relationship. I know um, you first reached out to Arby and and had some discussions, and I was on three-way with your team. uh, And we were eagerly um, waiting for you guys to be able to join us. Uh, We want to support what you're doing out in, in Oklahoma. So please, tell us some of the initiatives that you have for cannabis out in Oklahoma. Sure. I am uh, Connie Johnson. I'm running for governor of Oklahoma right now. At the same time that the state question that would legalize medical marijuana will be on the ballot, and that's on the June 26th primary ballot. As the mother of the medical marijuana movement, I just give all praise and glory to God that Amen. That issue is coming up at the time that I'm in the primary, and, and I believe it's going to pass in Oklahoma. I first introduced legislation in 2007 calling for a study of medical cannabis, and, of course, it didn't get a hearing, and, of course, I got all kinds of pushback from my colleagues and from the press and the public, and I've taken a lot of hits about this miracle plant and um, I'm just excited to be running for governor and, and to, to be the only candidate with whom the public can be assured that not only will we protect what we have right now, it's a statutory um, question, it's not a constitutional question, right. but, but we, will, we will improve on what's presently being proposed. How, how are the patients responding to your, you, you embracing um, the initiative for them? How are the patients responding? The, pati- the patients are appreciative. I get stories everywhere I go. Uh, people are writing me. One of the, the main questions that I ask on the campaign trail is, what keeps you up at night? And mm-hmm. you would be floored or just stymied by the numbers of people who are calling about diseases and conditions that they know can be um, assisted by medical marijuana. And where where does the state currently stand? Are you uh, in the pre-legalization phase? Are you in the medical space, uh, a medical looking to recreational? Where where does it sit currently? We're we're like post-dark ages. (laughs) is it as bad as nebraska at this point uh is it as bad as nebraska because i mean we we're in certain states and and what we've been able to do and 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 thank you for coming on and really uh it was awesome when we first met on the phone and and we just started talking about you know you know really patience and and that's what you were talking about is really providing for patients which is really where it needs to start um, because there is a lot of remedies um, with this plant that could really help a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been in, in conferences where, you know, we have five or 600 people, and one of the first questions I ask is, raise your hand, who's been affected by, you know, opiate addiction? 
um, um, or what loved one is now, you know, God forbid, a heroin addict. And, you know, anywhere between 65 to 70 percent of the people, you know, raise their hand. And, and that's sad. Uh, so you're, you're standing on a very good platform and you're ahead of your time because others are trying to use this now today as their platform. So the history of you um, being on this platform already gives you a leg up on everyone else because you are speaking uh, for the patients and for the troubles that we're going through right now with the, such a huge opiate epidemic and the deaths um, that are happening um, uh, across the country with the fentanyl, the opiates, and the heroin. I, I introduced the bill every two years throughout my tenure. Excellent. And one wow. year I actually called it the Compassionate Youth Act, trying to get my fellow legislators to at least allow that people needed compassion, people who are suffering, and chronic pain is rampant here. And and our number one cause of uh, death, overdose death, is opioids now. Wow. So we are, we are a, a microcosm of what's going on in the United States. Um, in terms of our policies, we, we recently enacted CBD oil. And that is the oil that comes from him. Well, why would I tell you all? You know, <laughs> it's okay. We, we like listen. We can always be educated on this. On this, there is never an issue. We are. We always could be educated one way or the other. Just because okay. we've been in it for a long time doesn't mean that we're not learning every day. And they get tired of hearing it. And from you know us. what? And I'm a, and I'm an educator, so I, I get kind of nerdy, and sometimes I bore myself. But you know. <laughs> This is very entertaining. It, it literally is an education piece in Oklahoma. That's, that's why I'm saying we're a little post-dark ages. we got CBD oil. We're one of three states where it is illegal to grow hemp. But here's the good information about Oklahoma. We led the nation in rope production in World War II because a plant is indigenous to the state of Oklahoma. It can grow up to four times a year here compared to two times a year in Colorado. Yes. Right. And, of course, we know the medicine that comes from it, um, it, it replenishes the soil. It, um, it, it doesn't use a lot of water. It doesn't require pesticides. It grows between the cracks of the concrete here. Um, it can remediate environmental disasters. Uh, it can lessen the environmental impact on our forests. It has all of these, the rate of return per acre in Oklahoma is massive compared to what farmers get right now for wheat and soy and corn and crops like that, right? But the agricultural component of that, of, of the whole industry in terms of Oklahoma being an agricultural state and our, our only HBCU, Langston University, mm -hmm. being connected as an agricultural institution, is very interested in the cannabis field. We have an outstanding goat research program mm -hmm. at Langston University, and, and Dr. Kent Smith is very interested in the, uh, how Langston can play, can play a role in developing the research and, and the crops and it's a it's a major economic opportunity. I talk about it mostly from the point of view of Oklahoma has no money. We're broke. Mm -hmm. 
Right. So as as terms of a new resource, cannabis uh, is just like none other. The only two things that might exceed our resources potential than cannabis is wind and solar. And right now we're wedded to an oil and gas industry in an incestuous relationship that, yep. that has us last in education. Uh, our mental health is suffering. Um, our health and human services. Our whole, our, our, our population is traumatized. And we have a legislature that is, is bought and sold and uh, they won't even give credence to, number one, compassion on the part of patients, but number two, the economic benefits that could accrue to this state. You are extremely intelligent, Mrs. Johnson, Senator Johnson. You actually have uh, a lot of knowledge that a lot of people um, in, in your seat um, you've, you could see that you've taken the time to actually educate yourself. Yes, th- there's there's so many things that hemp could do uh, forestry-wise. One acre saves 4.1 acres of trees. Um, it does need less water, um, so you could have more growing cycles. Uh, between Kentucky and Oklahoma, we, you guys could grow the most than any other any other state. Um, uh, could grow. So you are extremely educated, and that's that's where we need our legislators and our senators, our House representatives to really be, is to be as educated as you are in this industry because it is going to create jobs. And if people go back in history, yeah. it was the first billion-dollar crop um, that was going to exist in, in the United States as a union, um, and all of a sudden it was ripped out. Uh, under us, uh, we won't get into the history of that uh, because right, that history is right. not pretty. But the fact is, is that you're 100 percent right, and you're on point on every single uh, thing that you said. So I, I truly appreciate somebody coming on that actually holds a seat and running for governor. That's actually taking the time to educate themselves on this on this marvelous plant. Yeah, and I love I love the fact that you're supporting HBCUs and and uh, their interest in in um, getting involved in the cannabis space. It's very critical. Um, it's it's historically critical. And you know we uh, support Florida A and M University here. Um, you know I've had d- detailed conversations with um, Southern University in Louisiana, and um, there there is an initiative to get more HBCUs in, involved, so we'd love to support any efforts that you have with Langston and um, their access to doing that critical, critical resource, which will change the minds and hearts of physicians and get patients access, which is our ultimate goal. Can I, can I add a perspective to this? Because yes. it's, it's equally critical in a state like Oklahoma where... We lock up more women than any other place in the world, okay? And we're number two or three overall. And and disproportionately, people of color are being locked up for simple possession of marijuana. The people voted uh, last year to reduce simple possession to a misdemeanor from a felony. Um, So the people are ready for change about cannabis policy, but the legislature is not. Um, but, but it's equally important that now that we're getting ready to reverse the tide on this miracle plant yes. that so many people have been criminalized behind and their lives have been ruined and their families and their communities. It's equally important that these impacted communities be at the table, be in the mix, 
and be in the field working and, and benefiting the same way that these other entities are standing and getting ready to profit. And, and that's a major goal for me is to ensure that communities that have suffered behind the criminalization will be able to benefit once we legalize. A thousand percent. And I know there's a lot of families and out there that uh, have been convicted of possession, small possession, um, that would need that because it's hurting them on jobs. It's hurting them on education when they go and apply okay. for something. It's an, they kind of are embarrassed of the fact uh, of, of possibly having a cannabis possession charge when it really should not be that way. Um, it, we should definitely uh, look at that and, and see... And, and see how we could amend or, or pardon those who have gone through these situations where now they're a felon or they've gone through certain situations where they can't get a job because they had a possession of cannabis, which is something we deeply need to look into and, and see what we could do to help those, those in need uh, because those are a lot of our unemployed today. Mm-hmm. The San Francisco prosecutor gets it. Yes, we are actually heading to San You're actually, yeah, next we, week for next week. Uh, the CBD. Uh, I want to go. I want to go. Oh, you are more than welcome, ma'am. You are more than welcome. I, I'm heading out representing Green Roads um, for the lawsuit against the DEA by Hemp Industries. Um, it'll, mm-hmm. um, the hearing is going to be on the 15th at 9 a.m. in San Francisco, the Ninth Circuit Court, room 307. So you are very welcome. Let's... Um, talk offline about how if, if it fits with your schedule we can meet up there and, and advocate together because i think there's going to be a lot of joint work that's well that's that's place. there's 28 congressmen going six republicans are, 20 yes. 22 really? uh, democrats going uh uh there's uh the lawsuit towards the T- dea uh and these congressmen uh basically and women congressmen and women uh, basically said that uh, the DEA overreached on classifying uh, CBD as a scheduled one. Um, and uh, they're out there because uh, they're not the ones who set law. Uh, they're, uh, they're supposed to uphold the law, uh, not make law. So uh, Mrs. Connie Johnson, Senator Connie Johnson, future yeah. hopeful governor of Oklahoma, I thank you for joining us today. Um, so and we hope to see you soon and uh, possibly educating in Oklahoma if you need us to. I um I would propose and encourage all legislators everywhere, even in the Congress, to consider establishing a cannabis legislative caucus because it's about Excellent. education. And uh, I appreciate what that group is going to do in San Francisco. And, yes, by all means, let's talk offline because my campaign website, ConnieForGovernor.com, we need help. We need our community to, to kick in and literally donate to help us win this race. We can do this we, because you, there you is, can do this. This, is on, this issue is on our side. So thank you guys so much for having me today. You're so welcome. Thank, thank you, you so much for, for joining us. We really appreciate you taking the time today on a Saturday. Our audience loves you. Um, Ohio is trying to usurp uh, Oklahoma and take you as their governor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> our, our listeners from Ohio is like, we need her in Ohio. Listen, we'll need her here down here. We'll, we'll bring her down to Florida. Or don't have a run for governor. Are you kidding Illinois me? Illinois is putting their hat in the ring, bidding for you. So um, keep up the great work. Know that you are supported. Um, know that we'd love to have you on the show again Thank before you. and after you, you win the race for governor. And uh, let's talk about next week. So. Thank you, everyone. All right. you Thank are- you. I just want to. I just want to say, soar, eagles, soar. 
Oh, there you go. I'm I'm right there with you. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. <laughs> All right, thank you. Have a beautiful you. Saturday bye bye. And, and a great weekend. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You want to take us out? No, you can go ahead. All right, no problem. We'll split the baby. All right. <laughs> you are now tuned into Cannabis Life Radio, sponsored by Green Rose World. We are about to take a commercial break, but we'll be back in a few minutes. Thank you very much. Green <laughs> Rose World. 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 We got to do the giveaway? Yes. Welcome back to Canada's Live Radio. 
Uh, I didn't know. I forgot. I didn't know I was hot mic. My apologies. <laughs> we need to start to speak that in pig Latin. <laughs> Welcome back to Cannabis Life Radio. Cheryl Murray Powell here with my co-host, Arby Barroso. Good day, good day. And we were recently rejoined by Danny Stern, uh, our activist and uh, advocate. So super excited to have, every, have him back with us. Um, we're going to go into our... Um, Cheryl's closing argument segment. I just want to bring some awareness to some of the federal bills um, that are going on. I know it feels like this legalization um, thing is taking a lo- taking long, but we are getting growing support in Congress. Um, as Arby mentioned, there will be Congress people with us in San Francisco at the um, uh, hemp, hemp Industries case against the DEA. Um, so here's some bills. You know, of course, my favorite one, the one I speak about mostly is the Marijuana Justice Act that's been proposed by Cory Booker. Um, he's also gotten House support from Barbara Lee, so it's Senate Bill 1689. Um, this um, bill is to end federal cannabis, cannabis prohibition, cut law, enforce, law, law enforcement funding for states with racially disproportionate cannabis arrests, which speaks to what um, Senator Connie Johnson was speaking to, and establish a $500 million community reinvestment fund to repair the damage of the, the war on drugs. They need more money than that. Yeah, absolutely. I guess the industry... Um, uh, professionals like yourself and, and Green Roads will. I'll take it. Revenues. Will, will, I don't take the money. I mean, I just want. I, I just want to be able to get out of you know the we'll statute that where I'm more at. Money. You know, legalized cannabis and the cannabis uh, industry leaders will support the economy. Um, uh, House Bill four seven seven nine. Uh, the Refer Act is to restrict funds and prohibit the federal government from punishing cannabis businesses operating in compliance with state laws. Um, House Bill 1227, uh, also known as the Ending Federal Marijuana Prohibition Act to remove cannabis from the Controlled Substance Act. Let's just get it out. of the Get it out. Decriminalize it. it. Don't schedule it. Get it out. Excellent. House Bill 975, the Respect State Marijuana Laws Act to bar the CSA from applying to cannabis as long as the party in question complies with state law. So, you know, that's the federal versus state issue. The states have the authority to do what they're doing. Let's not have the federal government interfering with that. So those are um, high-level um, laws that we're, we're keeping our eyes on. Um, I'm going to hand off to Arby. And he, he likes giving away CBD for some reason. So well, I think because the more people that we give it out to, the more people that understand it, we break the stigma. The education is the biggest part in this industry, and that's on both sides, whether it's on the CBD side as a nutrition for our body, because uh, we do have it. A lot of people didn't even know we had an endocannabinoid system right. naturally occurring at that in our body, and this is something that's more like a nutrition. Now you have the full plant, which is something that we all truly love and we're all pushing forward for um, uh from all the nurseries we want the nurseries just to act we want them to plant we want them to move forward we i kind of know why they're not going in that direction or a lot of them are not mm-hmm. is the fact is that there's really no financial benefit for them to to put millions and millions of dollars in when there's no flower so i think when their flower starts if they allow the flower which they should that's when this uh state is really going to boom on on its production and people will be able to take uh, first create a, a bunch of jobs 
uh, which is which is number one, be able to allow people to actually consume their medication the way they choose to consume it. So that's that's you know a big thing, and CBD is a big part because people start reading up on it. When we started in the industry, uh, 2014, um, only three to five percent of the population knew what CBD was in the first place. Uh, now we're somewhere around in the mid twenties. So there's still eighty percent of the people out there of the population that still don't know what even CBD is. Um, and educating them on that could really open up the avenues for uh, the cannabis and uh, legalizing cannabis or decriminalizing it. Um, so well, we do have a winner, and the yep. winner is Lisa Sweets from uh, Wichita, Texas. So, uh, welcome. You won some CBD. See, $250 worth. And then I have a shout out to uh, Richard Neal uh, from Ohio. Um, he actually uh, DM'd us. Uh, on uh, on the on the back end, uh, the amount of medications that he was taking, um, and uh, you know, we thank you for for sharing that with us privately, and uh, and and absolutely, we're happy that you are on CBD and that all those medications are are long gone in our history in your life, and that you're living a better, healthier life today. So, big shout out to Richard Neal, and uh, you know, thanks again first for giving us uh, our our company and and Green Roads and opportunity to provide you with cbd and now provide you hopefully with a better life and it's funny what you, you just said about the endocannabinoid system um you know i was having a similar conversation with the university of technology in jamaica yesterday um who's been great partners to green roads and what they're going to do is they're going to create a educational um like a two-day summit in may when our team is already going to come down and, and support another event um, that was taking place in jamaica and they're going to actually invite legislators, um, doctors, pharmacists, the community to come in and learn about the endocannabinoid system and learn about CBD and learn about um, the benefits of cannabis. And that's really just a brainchild of us oh, working. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think uh, Trey's not in the building right now. But last night I called uh, my commander in chief, uh, Mrs. Uh, Laura Baldwin Fuentes. Yes. And, uh, shout out to Laura. And uh, shout out to Laura. And Trey actually had uh, uh, was in Houston in Texas. And he was speaking to pharmacy uh, companies out there or schooling where, um, you know, these these future graduates of, of pharmacy uh, don't understand what the endocannabinoid right. system is. And uh, we called her and you know how she is about uh, being on stage. But she said straight out, she's like, absolutely, I would love to educate, you know, the future pharmacist of, of, of this industry on something yeah. that might be more holistic, better for the better for 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 us. So she's actually we're possibly trying to set something up. Trey's, I'm you know, reaching out to uh, to that uh, school so she could actually go out there and actually start teaching uh, what the endocannabinoid system is and what we might be able to do uh, to help that. Um, and everybody, I believe that it should be in everybody's shelf and everybody's kitchen. Um, I do agree, obviously, with, that there's got to be some type of regulations in place because if somebody's consuming it, we need to make sure that it's tested, as we've always said, for pesticides, metals, solvents, and making sure that the you know that somebody's buying what they're actually buying. So um, I think that's a big thing, and uh, that's why we keep on preaching about it. Because the more we preach about it, the more people either go to Google and research the endocannabinoid right. system, and so on and so forth so uh that's that's one of the biggest reasons so well i think we have we're going to go to some of the questions from our audience so those of you who've been listening had a few questions for us um we have a question for mr garrison here so however you want to take this one all right all right all right let me see here this one right here jonathan 
Jonathan from Miami asks, what takes longer to grow, the beard or the plant? <laughs> <laughs> Depending on who's facial. Mr. Garrison, you can the answer beard. this one. The, the beard, beard, right? Sure. The beard. <laughs> that is absolutely great. Um, we also have Lewis from Oklahoma asks, what do people from of Oklahoma need to do to make the bill pass for medical cannabis. I'll, I'll leave that one with yeah, you, Cheryl. Yeah, sure. I think support Senator Connie Johnson in her um, in her election to governor. Um, contact her office. Look on her social media page. Um, have her speak wherever you can. Support where she's speaking. Definitely come out and vote. Um, and that's what the, the people of Oklahoma need to do. Also, um, there is a ballot initiative that she had mentioned previously as well, um, which is... Um, so, uh, this, there's a state question 788 being placed on the primary June 26, 2018 ballot. So make sure you educate yourselves on that as well. Awesome. All right. So then we also have Rose Catlin asks, why are doctors so quick to prescribe pills, but every everyone is scared of cannabis? Yeah, I think, you know, what we're trying to transition physicians to, we never want to... Um, uh, minimize the contribution of our physicians. But what we're encouraging is a balanced approach, creating uh, where alternatives are being presented. There is a place for prescription medications. Fortunately or unfortunately, in the medical school environment, there is more of an emphasis on prescription medications. There's a a significant lack of education on cannabis and the benefits, as we spoke about in pharmacy school as well. So that's what we need to do is really, um, it's it's not that doctors are bad actors. I think uh, it's just a mindset change. It's an educational opportunity. And we're seeing a lot of peer-to-peer education happening within the physician community. I think that's where the the needle is going to be moved. Um, When Green Roads was uh, about two and a half weeks ago at the uh, Caribbean Neuroscience Conference in Jamaica, a lot of the physicians were receptive to presentations that were done, such as one on um, pediatric medicine and the use of cannabis, specifically CBD. So with that presentation, it opened their eyes to the possibility. All right. I'm, I'm going to go to, uh, to Mr. Garrison uh, over here. Uh, Fabian asked, how long did it take you to grow the beard? <laughs> um I first started growing a beard when I was in Vietnam running small boats, and that was in 1965, Oh, wow. So you've had hair in the face for a long time. Since 65. <laughs> you've grown that beard professionally for, for a while. And I have a little granddaughter that was uh, two on October the 1st, and oh. she's in God my beard her. all day. Oh, no. congratulations. <laughs> and, as lo- and as long as Scarlett likes the beard, it ain't going nowhere. It ain't going nowhere, nowhere, right? Shout out to Scarlett. Shout out to Scarlett. Um, That's my little Cubana. Oh, oh, I love it. I love good it. mixture. Good mixture. Yeah. I like that. That's all Florida all day. Um, <laughs> also, uh, Christine Honer asked, uh, what effects do you think California recreational laws excuse me, will have on medical users and growers. So what what laws, what recreational laws will you think will will cause the effect, whether it's medical uh, or recreation or for growers? If if it's rec, you know, it's going to be grown one way, or if it's medical, how would it be grown? I don't think there's much of a distinction okay. uh, between the two. But I don't know that in Florida there's a great big push for recreational. The push that we're making and the push that I'm really interested in at this time is the medical side, not the recreational side. Um, I mean, there's a great need out there, 
And uh, eventually, if the people of Florida want the recreational thing, that's fine. But they didn't vote for that. They voted for the medical, and they were emphatic. There was over 71% of the people of this state. Absolutely. And that's the big push we should be making. And the powers that be, the, the legislature and the Department of Health and whatever, they should... Uh, they should be on board with us. They absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we had six side. over six million people voted uh, this year. You just on yes. Uh, six million. Uh, when they first did it in 2014, there was just under five million total votes. Uh, this year, I mean, when they passed it, there was over 11, 11 million people that voted, and over six million voted yes. So the seventy-one percent. It just flew right by. Um, I have one more here, uh, which I'll probably help you with. Uh, would you encourage your child uh, to use cannabis? Maybe not let's say encourage the child, but would you prefer your child to do can- uh, smoke cannabis than drink alcohol? Well, I don't know what the definition in their mind is of a child. I mean, my yeah. my children are all adults. In fact, I lost one of my children, as yes. we alluded to earlier. And I think that uh, it would have really significantly helped him. And he may still be with us here today. Uh, I would much prefer uh, even like younger teenagers to, uh, to experiment with, uh, with cannabis than with pharmaceuticals. I mean, that, that stuff's the pathway drugs to heroin and uh, opioid uh, that's with opioids and painkillers and whatever kids that you know have football injuries yep. or, or or girls actually cheerleaders get hurt worse than football players do yep. you know the injuries and you know the uh, the young kids that are involved in sports and you know they start out with um, taking those painkillers and that's gateway as far as I'm concerned absolutely. To, uh, uh, to things like heroin and whatever eventually. I completely agree. I could tell you right now, um, when I had a conversation with my oldest daughter that today is 19 years old, <clears throat> and uh, she had asked me, I, obviously 16 years old is at that age, um, obviously the brain is still developing, so I, I told her I'd rather you not at this point in time of your life because your brain is still developing, but if I had a choice on you, uh, you know, picking one or the other, I would definitely pick cannabis because I know that she would remember the next day. The fact is, is that with alcohol, uh, you could get, you know, alcohol poisoning. You could end up in the hospal. You could die. Get your wheelchair uh, pounded. Get your wheelchair pounded. <laughs> yeah, you, get your wheelchair pounded. So, so that's a big difference, and I think that's the stigma that we need to start breaking. Is talking to our children, so the people are listening. Talk to your kids. Uh, really show them the history of what cannabis and what hemp is, and where we could take this to the next le- level. Because the millennials, including you guys, are the ones that are really going to be able to provide the education. Um, and we just need to reinforce it as parents. Um, so I'm one who definitely uh, told my child, and she's 19 today, that I would prefer her uh, uh, smoking cannabis than actually drinking alcohol. And she's under the age. She doesn't do either at this point. So um, uh, definitely I'm on, on, the, on the cannabis side on that. Yep. I think that we should actually put that on a vote and put that on, uh, on Facebook and find out by next week and see where people are at. You know, would you advise, what were your children, would you advise your children uh, uh, if they had a choice to, you know, drink a bottle of uh, tequila or, uh, you know, smoke uh, cannabis? 
And I want to chime in too. I have a six-year-old, and um, my fortunately my Judah is very healthy. So you know, I have a healthy child, but I'm always sensitive to parents that don't have healthy children. They may have societal issues. They may have um, they may have health-related issues. So that's that question is different for parents that don't have healthy children who are you know adolescents under the age of 18. Um, my son can tell you all about CBD. He knows about CBD. He knows um, mommy's always always has CBD and when we're sick, that's usually our first place that we go is using CBD to help with build our immunity system, immune system. So, um, you know, I think it, uh, as Arby uh, spoke to, you know, when you're, you have a child who has a developing brain and they are a healthy child, you would want the cannabis or marijuana-based cannabis use to be after the, uh, they become adults. However, if you don't have a child who is healthy or uh, you have a child who has anxiety issues and things like that, you may, that may be a different answer for those, um, those Absolutely. parents. Absolutely. I mean, we do have recommending doctors. Uh, yes. Dr. Eric Elbert, uh, yep. that is a uh, recommending physician for, uh, for children. Um, he's one of the few. Uh, Dr. Rosado is another one. Yep. But there's not many recommending doctors for and pediatrics. And um, there's it's 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 scary for them, but there's a lot of uh, children that do definitely need it. Um, Whether it's preventive with CBD starting first, and then possibly a red card, and that was one of the discussions we had the other day um, with somebody. It was like, well, you know, the CBD, and it's it's and I'm like, well, maybe a parent don't want to put their child on THC, and CBD is enough to get them through um, whatever they may be going through at the time. So uh, again, it's uh, I think the doctors need to get more educated on this. I think there's a pathway for both entities uh, in this industry. And uh, I just want to thank everybody for first joining us here today and really sharing you guys' stories and continuing to move forward um, on these discussions. Uh, We're close, extremely close to moving to the DJRE Big Brothers and Big Sister building. Actually, Lindsay, I'm pretty sure, Shapiro, if you're listening, you only got a couple weeks left. I'm telling you right now. So we will be at the Big Brothers. We're getting closer week over week. Week by week, we're we're getting there. Now the thing is that she's actually actually calling me right now. Like, she's called me so i know she hadn't called me for like two months now she's calling me so i know that there's something yeah we're getting close so well, no physically closer because now we're in miami we started uh, off in West all day long <laughs> and I'm, I'm 18 minutes from my door to here so i was literally running late i thought i was going to be late and i got here two minutes early nice uh so i just want to thank uh mr garrison first for for your service your family jared everybody that's actually been able to participate help us get through this show um, and help us continue us to educate. Um, uh, so we want to def- definitely thank Jared, uh, Connie Johnson yes. uh, for coming on, uh, Danny Stern definitely for coming on, and I'm glad you got you got your wheelchair back uh, and that you, they, <laughs> they didn't confiscate it and stay with it. Um, and just everybody, um, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. Follow us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Um, besides that, our guys from Green Roads are always doing giveaways during the week. I don't know how they got away with that. So uh, I said that on the radio, so Laura might be calling me as soon as I get in the car. But uh, the fact is, is that like us on Facebook at Green Roads World um, or follow us at Sea Life on on facebook and then uh just tune in for all the latest information we got a busy week we'll be in kentucky this week with the napb we'll be following professional athletes on the basketball side we have jose belen that will be in new york okay and that is a very big one because we have herb with him today um we'll have high times there we'll have now is this um and green roads would be the lead on this story 
um, up in New York. So we have a very busy week with uh, our media guys and uh, our radio shows. So tune in and just pay attention to what our post because it's going to be exciting. And me in San Francisco. Oh, and I forgot. And San Francisco. So you guys got a busy week. Who's coming? Who's coming? Who's bringing it? Well, thank you, everybody. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to Cannabis Life Radio, brought to you by Green Roads World. Peace out. We'll see you guys next week. See you next week. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.